This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiaki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiaki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Hi there, and welcome to The Science of Magic, a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to co-create new solutions. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring soul song. Most of us spend our lives building an identity which defines us within interactions, accomplishments, and our place in the human world. How ironic that we lose ourselves in the process. As we move into a time-supporting unity, the old separate identity we've so diligently built over our lifetime must die. Many are struggling to uncover who and what they really are. Only through singing the authentic song of our soul can we fully participate in the grand transmutation before us. It's a challenging process as most of us only know how to interact from ego identity. The messaging is strong that without structures of titles, accomplishments, and identities, we have no worth. We've long been shackled by guilt and shame, told what we are is not good enough, that we have to make something of ourselves. Yet we're crippled by the persona of our own making. The distorted overlay of false identity restricts our true expression, our soul song, the song of pure love. Our guest this hour may have some useful guidance in finding and expressing the song of unconditional love. With us is Dr. Thea Alexander, psychologist, metaphysical practitioner, and the creator of LoveStrong. As an author and inspirational speaker, she's skilled at meeting people where they are with candor, gentleness, and love. By weaving a tapestry, bringing spirituality and the human condition, Dr. Thea has helped thousands of people create a deeper connection with their source and soul self. Thea promotes a non-judgmental existence of enlightenment and oneness as she encourages living from love. A third-generation intuitive and spirit channel, she knows that anyone can learn to live from the love they are rather than the fear created by the human condition. Her website, livefromlove.org. Thea, thank you so much for joining us on The Science of Magic. Thank you, Gwilda. It's wonderful to be here. You're a psychologist, metaphysical practitioner. How did you come to blend the two of those? Well, it's it's quite a journey. I chose to come into a home with a mother who was um, determined to be very mentally ill and we had many, many experiences um, as a child until she um, was no longer in my life at the age of 10. So I became very interested in psychology and the human mind, how the mind works, how our thoughts and feelings affect our subsequent behaviors. And that blended quite well with my innate um, spiritual gifts that I've had since I was a child. And I think they fit together quite nicely. Was your mother intuitive as well? You said you're third generation. My mother was and also my grandfather on my father's side. How much do you think her gift had to do with her instability? I think that was most of her instability. I think it was convenient for society to label 
her condition as mental illness rather than viewing that perhaps she was actually um, quite gifted and a very wide open channel for spirit. I think that perhaps she just was not taught very well about her gifts and did not know how to um, close certain things down and use them only when she wanted to. It was being wide open, actually, I think, really burned her out in a lot of ways. Boy, I can relate to that. In fact, if I hadn't found my shamanic teacher, <laughs> but, for, but for the grace, grace of God, there would have gone I. <laughs> so what all metaphysical skills do you have? Um, I am primarily claircognizant and clairaudient. Um, I channel two unique spiritual universal groups, the seven and the collective that I've been channeling for approximately 10 years now. And quite often I, I prefer to live a more spiritually guided, intuitive life, connecting with my soul self and allowing that small inner voice to speak to me rather than relying on my ego mind to make decisions and situations about people or things that are going on around me. That's an interesting blend and a difficult one to maintain in a, in a world that doesn't believe in it. Uh, we'll pick up with the how we blend those two in this kind of a world on the other side of a short commercial break. Thea and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Our current episodes are aired daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. In service to our listeners, prior innovative episodes can always be accessed free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. The Science of Magic is produced by Realma McConnell Media Company out of Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? 
Wire crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere. Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour, Thea Alexander, psychologist, metaphysical practitioner, and the creator of Love Strong. Thea's website is livefromlove.org. Thea, we were talking about uh, the challenges of living from um, our spiritual connection versus our, our mental um, figuring things out, if you will, and also some of the challenges of being gifted in this world that's pretty much logical. Have you had undergone any formal metaphysical training? I have trained with um, several of the more well-known individuals um, that have uh, been known and read the works of many, many individuals, Dolores Cannon, Shakti Gawain, and have sat in development circles for several years to gain a deeper connection with the spiritual world and to allow our energies to blend so that we can have a clearer connection with one another. So what have you done really to hone your metaphysical skills personally? Personally, the most beneficial thing that I have done has been the gift of yoga and meditation to really be able to ground spiritually into my physical vessel for the journey and to learn to sit quietly within myself and drop from the headspace, that ego mind that usually controls everything we do as a human and really learn to be comfortable being in my soul center and to learn to hear that voice, to connect with that energy and to come from that place rather than my, my mind. How can you be sure of the information you get from the metaphysical? Um, how, how have you discerned that? I've learned to check it against um, facts. Sometimes I will fact check things that I receive. I'll receive information about a century or two centuries ago, things that I have never read, have never experienced. I'll fact check. I'll get on Google or I'll go to the library and look up different things in history so that I can ensure that the information I'm receiving is correct. Most often it's been through years of developing a trusted relationship with my guides and um, guardian angels that bring the information through to me. It's developing that relationship and knowing that spirit is not intending to lead us astray or to provide us false information. They want for us to succeed and develop our connections with them in all that we do. You know, one of the difficulties is sometimes our historical facts are not correct. Have you run into that where you tried to look something up, it didn't, it didn't pan out, and yet it showed itself later? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've actually checked with, I, I tend to receive quite a bit of information about um, indigenous peoples. And when I try to fact check what's in textbooks or written in different documents, it doesn't seem to jive energetically with me or the information that I'm receiving from spirit. And when I talk to elders, 
the story that has been passed down to them from generation to generation is what matches vibrationally with the information I received versus what's written in documents for us to read, which is, you know, sometimes someone else's truth of the situation, but energetically, it's not the truth of the situation. So the the people that write it down are coming from um, fact reporting as they see it, and the elders are tapping into the frequency of the original happening. Is that what's going on there? That's what I believe is happening, yes, ma'am. Do you see any conflict between the science of psychology and the magic of metaphysics? Every day. <laughs> Every day. Although there are, there are more individuals practicing counseling and psychology and social work now that are um, awakened light workers or are in the process of awakening that are viewing things from a spiritual perspective, more so now than 15 or 20 years ago even, but there is a very clear distinction between the families of individuals that truly believe in the science behind the human mind, the human ego, how we develop our thoughts and feelings and our emotional responses, and those that are truly coming from a metaphysical or spiritual standpoint for our existence and our journey. Dr. Thea, what do you think it's going to take for the two to work well together? Oh boy, an awakening, a true awakening for people to to really understand that we are a blend of the human condition and the soul self, that our soul is having a human experience and that we can exist as a human in this vessel for this lifetime, but that the real spark of who we are is our soul and that is a source of pure love and that when we come from that place of pure love we want nothing but the best to support and love one another do you find that some of your work goes into past lives as well as the current one yes ma'am it does how do you how do you get there from here well generally it's um people become curious when we'll get to a certain place in our our time together and I will offer a past life regression session as a way to explore a current situation. And oftentimes it's about exploring the thoughts and feelings related to the current situation, the reactions and the subsequent behaviors that are happening in the now, and then approaching things from a soul perspective. And it seems to be a very natural progression that as things change, the individual's perspective changes and then there is a desire to view experiences as a lesson to learn with, from rather than a random happening that they had to survive as, as a human. And then the past life regression offers them an opportunity to explore the origins of their current life issues. And it can be helpful, helpful for them to recognize and identify to help them process the thoughts and feelings and sometimes the long-held belief systems in their healing journey by looking at that past life situation. How did I become uh, afraid of water or had a fear of bridges or certain pains in different areas of their body that are energy carried forward into this physical existence? What methodology do you use to regress people? Generally, it's, it's not a clinical hypnosis per se. It's a light hypnotic trance. They are very aware of what's going on around them. They are able to tap into another level of their energy existence outside of their current physical body and their ego mind. You know, one of the things that's always confused me is what's literal and what's allegorical. When we're doing past life regression, are we tapping into our DNA rather than something that we've actually lived and it's a metaphor that we've lived it or are we tapping into something we've actually lived personally? I believe it's a blending of both. I believe that, especially for individuals who carry certain pains in their body, they may have been um, harmed in a, in a previous life, and their physical DNA may be encoded with that pain if that's a lesson their soul is intended to carry into this lifetime. The physical pain is a reminder of that past life experience. And I also believe in the blending of they have had that experience in a past life and that for some reason it's it's an incomplete experience and therefore if the soul chooses to bring it into their current incarnation that that experience will then be brought forward as either a physical manifestation a mental manifestation an emotional manifestation so that the soul can continue to experience it and hopefully process through and and move through that experience and learn the lessons they were meant to acquire 
Do you find that sometimes people get caught up in their past life stories rather than using them to move through? Sometimes they can, yes. And I believe that it is the practitioner's responsibility to assist the person in processing how they think and feel about what they've experienced in a regression rather than viewing the their regression as, oh, okay, now you discovered where that came from. Good for you. Let's move on. It's not that easy sometimes. Oftentimes people will experience a very tragic death or the passing of someone very close to them in a past life. And there's still that emotional component that the human mind holds on to that that ego mind has a very difficult time processing. And that's where skilled practitioners can assist the individual in processing the thoughts and feelings, extracting the lessons from the experience so that they can make sense of it and move forward from it. You know, there's something you just said that I, I really like to pull forward, and that's skilled practitioners. Because there's a lot of us out there with, um, you know, esoteric gifts. But if we don't train those esoteric gifts, and if we don't get the education from the science like psychology or something, we don't have the skill set to guide people. What have you seen? Can, you know, do, 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 um, have you seen practitioners that are kind of half-cocked and not able to support their clients through these regressions? I have, but I would like to to emphasize you don't need to have a master's or a doctoral degree in one of the one of the sciences to be a very skilled metaphysical practitioner and conducting past life experience for individuals. It's about being invested in the process and wanting to learn to be someone who can assist them in processing the feelings. What I have experienced is in some larger group trainings that it is more about let me teach you to perform a regression get them there, extract the information, but there is not a lot of ethical skill building about how to help people process emotions, um, how to comfort people. Sometimes a past life experience is a very emotional experience, and I've seen individuals having a very difficult time emotionally following their aggression, and the practitioner is patting them on the shoulder, saying, they're there, it'll be okay, just breathe through it. Write about it in your journal. And to me, that's more of a an ethical responsibility you have to the individual to assist them through that emotional difficulty and not everyone has those innate skills. And if someone is an individual that knows they are not innately comforting, innately prone to be more therapeutic in their approach, they would be the individuals I would strongly encourage to acquire more skill in that area so they can be very, very helpful to the individual that they're regressing because not everything is a, a very clean-cut process in a, in a regression. How about having um, a referral base, base? That's, you know, it seems to the thing of the future would be if we can uh, have people that are very skilled in helping people access their past lives and at the same time have other people that are highly trained and well-skilled in pro- processing it through. If we could refer back and forth, wouldn't that be the best of both worlds? That would absolutely be the best of both worlds, and I wish things would work that way more often than they do. Yeah, it's, it's well, we're getting there. I really believe that we are getting there. <laughs> I do. I think sometimes people get trapped in their own ego mind about, I can do this, I know what I'm doing, I want to be the be-all and the end-all, rather than stepping back from the ego mind and saying, wait a second, I'm outside my comfort level and my scope of expertise, I do need to refer this person to someone that has much more skill and experience than I do. Yeah, and that's that's come a part of stepping out of polarization and uh, isolation and into unity, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, and fortunately that's being supported right now. Do you do readings for your psychological clients? Do you do metaphysical readings? I generally keep the psychologist perspective separate from the metaphysical, not that there's not a benefit to both and there's a very intricate weaving of both. I can't be a psychologist without being led by spirit. But when I am practicing as a metaphysical practitioner, it's a different type of guidance and a different energetic feel to the session than if someone is meeting with me as a psychologist. It's so you don't, psych- I'm sorry. Excuse me. The psychology has more of a, a clinical problem focused solution based feel to it. The metaphysical is more of a self-discovery, more exploratory on a spiritual perspective. Not everyone that sees me as a psychologist believes in, nor do they want to discuss anything to do with spirituality. How do you, we have a few few seconds left here. How do you bridge that? How do you know who's who, who to, who to offer what to? 
I trust my instincts and my energy. Mm. So you can you can feel on a person if they're open to it. Generally, and, and if I'm on the fence, I will ask, are you willing to explore this in another way? And when they agree, then it's, would you like to explore this from a spiritual perspective, from a perspective of you are a soul in a physical human body Beautiful. and how that would look as an experience versus from your ego mind trying okay, to reason we're, it. We're going to have to take another break. Thea and I will return to our discussion on the other side, so don't go away. We're coming to you through the X-Zone Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder, Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, StarwalkerVisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen.
welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Golda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is psychologist Thea Alexander. Her website, livefromlove.org. Thea, when you're working with your clients and you, you started out in a psychological aspect and you have a sensing that this is a person that could benefit from blending the spiritual, is there legal ramifications in blending the two where you're at? Absolutely. I am expected per my license as a psychologist to adhere to specific state and federal requirements under licensing, whereas where I live, um, metaphysical practitioners are not currently regulated. I believe I bring a higher level of ethics and professionalism to my metaphysical interactions with individuals. Uh, Boundaries are definitely more clear and well-defined than I have generally seen. And that's just from my, my background as a licensed individual. I just believe there need to be very clear boundaries with individuals. Yeah, I've seen that too. It's like, just because you can look into somebody's space doesn't mean you should. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Do you counsel your clients to access their own metaphysical gifts? Absolutely. For those that are coming to me as a metaphysical practitioner, we explore, um, all the processes. Uh, we talk about their development of their own intuitive guidance and their discernment and their ability to view the human experience from the soul and not just as a physical human or through just their ego mind. And we explore their their soul self so that they can awaken as well to their own intuition and guidance and spiritual gifts. You created Love Strong. What is it exactly? Well, Love Strong to me is a blending of the human condition and the soul self that defines and supports living from our true self, which is the soul. And I believe that when we can live from our soul, we are better able to approach our human experience with a deeper love and a different understanding of what it means to truly be one. Would you define love as you're referring to it? I refer to love as the true origin of our being. I I look at the soul as being from a place where the energy that is that divine spark within us is a vibration of pure love. It's the highest vibration available of any emotion and that from that vibration, we recognize that we are all one, we're all part of the whole and that our ultimate goal is to live from that place of love to support and encourage one another in a peaceful existence. So by the way you're talking about it, it sounds more like something uh, beyond just an emotion, that we experience an emotion as it moves through us, but it, it sounds like it's more like tapping into source? Yes, absolutely. That's my, my total belief is that we are a piece of the source of our creation and that the source of our creation is a divine vibration of absolute love. So this isn't like what we call romantic love? No, absolutely not. It's not a physical human emotion at all. It is a way of being from your soul energy. It's a way of recognizing others, whether it is a a human person or an animal, that there is a vibration that connects all of us and that that vibration is our, our own divine spark of love. Do you think a lot of the horrific things we see going on on the planet right now could continue if we were all coming from that place? Absolutely not. I believe we're working to evolve to a place where we recognize each other as souls first, including animals, and that we are seeking to support and love one another. My belief is that once we evolve to a level where we recognize each other as souls regardless of the physical vessel that we are in, age, religion, race, ethnicity. It doesn't matter where we're from. When we see a soul, we will realize that by doing harm, whether it's emotional, psychological, physical harm to one, we are ultimately hurting all. Mm. And what about what we would call inanimate objects as well? I believe that there is a vibration, an energy vibration that is equivalent to the love with which we are created. It's a different source than the the living spirit within animals and human individuals, but it is nonetheless insignificant. It is from the same place. It is just in a different package. 
everything vibrates, everything has a vibrational equivalent. You say that you believe we're all created from an infinite source of love. Would you go into that a little bit for us? I believe that I'm not necessarily um, subscribing to a specific religion where there's a, a definite creator or heaven or hell. I believe that our the source, which is what I refer to, the creator of souls, that that source of unconditional because love does not have conditions. There's this unconditional source of love that is this pure energy that embodies our physical body or that embodies the physical house of an animal and that through the embodiment of that source of love energy, we are experiencing a life. And in the life that we experience are the lessons that our souls are seeking to acquire through whichever um, experiences that we we have, whether it's uh, going to school, not going to school, the parents we are born to, the types of career we choose, the individuals we interact with, the experiences we have throughout our lives, marriages, divorces, uh, childbirth experiences, friendships, I believe all of them and the people that cross our paths, we travel together in soul families and that those experiences shape what the knowledge we are seeking to gain as a soul so that we can further evolve. So does this have anything to do with the auric field? I mean, does the love of frequency um, imbue the auric field or our chakras? How does that relate? I believe that the the love that we are, that source in our solar plexus chakra, is radiated throughout our auric field. And the more enlightened we become and the more elevated individuals become as they incarnate, that the auric field actually changes and vibrates at a higher frequency. And then how does that relate to the push-pull in our lives, who we draw into us, who we repel? I believe in the, the concept that like attracts like. So if there is someone that has a higher vibration, if they are further along in the understanding and the embracing the evolvement of their own soul, that they are vibrating at a higher love frequency than someone who may not be in recognition or acknowledgement that there is a soul in their physical body. Individuals that choose to engage in negative behaviors, um, murders and other things that are very harmful to people, animals, um, abusive, emotional and physical situations, I believe that their vibration is at a lower level. And that when we come from a space of a lower vibrational level or a higher vibrational level, that the energies that are drawn to us match our energy. It seems like even though we're entering a time of unity, it seems like there's, you know, there's no sitting on the fence. There's either one or the other. People are getting in certain ways, further apart. Like there's the ones out there doing the terrorism and there's the ones trying to bring evolution. How's that going to resolve itself? How can we help that? I believe that by awakening to the idea of our soul self and everyone is where they are on their own spiritual journey regarding acknowledgement of a soul and the soul journey and the purpose of their own soul. But I believe as more individuals wake up, like you said, there seems to be a very divided presence of spiritual belief and then a lot of the negative things going on in the world. But I, I prefer not to look at things as positive and negative. They're all experiences we are meant to have. And just as there are many negative things going on, individuals are able to view it as not being something that is in alignment with their own energy and they're choosing to move further away from it. So we need those experiences for more individuals to awaken to the fact that this does not align with my energy and then to further awaken to, if I'm not a part of the solution, I'm part of the problem. So if I want to be a part of the solution, how must I choose to go about my world and my daily interactions? How do I need to choose to show up so that I can raise my, 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 my vibration and that of others around me? Uh, you believe our purpose on earth is to live from love um, in an unconditional manner. What does that look like? What do interactions look like when you come from there? It's absolutely dropping out of the physical ego mind and into the soul self. And if we could all ask ourselves, what would love say? And that's something one of my mentors has said is, what would love say? We all experience the human emotions, frustration, fear, sadness. But when we come from a place of love, from that soul self, that seat of our own divine being, there is no fear. 
we have to live from that love, not in fear. Fear is a physical mind, ego mind, human condition experience. There are a lot of things in life that cause fear. And when we come from love, we can step outside of the emotion and leave it in the lake. Like I say, all the emotions are in the lake and we stand on the shore. We can be more objective. What was that experience about? How do I think and feel about that experience? Validating that it's okay to have those feelings and moving forward. How how am I stronger? What did I learn from this? How can I choose to be a different person for what I've experienced? So it sounds like what you're doing is detaching yourself from your experience. To a degree, it's standing objectively away from the experience so that we can view it. It sounds very clinical in a psychological way and like you're detaching from the emotion, but it's more about standing away from it so that you can observe it from a soul perspective. What would love say about this? What am I learning versus what the ego mind says? How do I feel? We have to acknowledge the ego mind because it's very intrusive. So you, how do I think? How do I feel? And then you drop from the ego mind into the soul space. What would love say about this? What have I learned? I've learned how I don't want to show up. I've learned how not to be a certain way with certain people or that when I say harsh things, it's harmful to others. That doesn't match my love vibration. How can I move forward? And then you develop strategies to when I feel impatient, I take a step back. I count to 10. I take a deep breath. It's learning to come from a place of love rather than the emotional reaction of the ego mind. So it sounds like you're developing your own witness, to put it clinically. Pretty much. But yeah. you're, you're standing in judgment of your own soul self, which is not judgment. You're not right or wrong, good or bad. It's standing in observance of and then asking yourself, is this how I want to show up? Is this who aligns with my being of love? Is this beneficial and helpful and supportive of others or isn't it? So making a discernment between who we really are and what we're going through. Exactly. Yeah, amazing, amazing. So um, how can we hope to achieve a life of love in our current circumstances? How do we get there from here? Well, um, choosing to entertain and be open-minded to a perspective sometimes different than our own. And, And like we've decided, there are usually the scientific camp and the metaphysical camp, and there are so many people that are in between along both camps on their journey. And it's, it's really encouraging people to be open minded to the fact that explore the option of your soul and and what its purpose is and what do you hope to achieve during this physical life. And although there are many religions that believe this physical life is the only life you have, then why not be a good person? What is your soul here to acquire and to to impart to others on your journey? What a concept. It's time for us to take another little break. We'll pick it up on the other side. Dr. Thea and I will be back shortly, so don't you leave us now. This is the Science of Magic, your resource to altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric, working to create common ground for the betterment of our world. Join our email family to receive our amazing topic-driven episodes at thescienceofmagic.net. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. 
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What's up in your world? Email me at the info at thescienceofmagic.net and suggest a topic that's on your mind. You're probably not the only one interested. Again, our guest this hour is creator of Love Strong, Dr. Thea Alexander. Her website is livefromlove.org. Thea, you know, when we're talking about living from love and, and taking responsibility and being our own witness and trying to be a better person in the world, the conversation doesn't seem to be complete unless we say, okay, so how do we deal with people that aren't participating? How do we deal with the non-participants? With love. Absolutely from a place of love. It's it's accepting and allowing others to be exactly who they are at any given time without any judgment at all. Love does not have conditions. So to accept and allow, if you think about accepting and allowing as an infinity symbol of energy, just flowing, you don't need to understand. There is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad. It just is. And when we feel a judgment rising, that's a good chance to stand back and, like you said, be our own witness, to be that objective observer 
and wondering what is that within me that I feel the need to educate or to bring them forward. All we can do is present information. It's up to them to be open to it. So basically we have to trust a person's path. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but what happens if we start getting into a situation where, um, you know, they're, they're just in a place where they, they can't participate with us. Is it time to discern proximity? I mean, can we love from a distance better than up close sometimes? And sometimes that's absolutely necessary when the energy of the individual is such that they have become very self-destructive or that they are very closed or sometimes at the opposite end, their energy is so strong that it's clinging to us and it's draining us. There are times that we need to protect and ground ourselves a little more and sometimes detach emotionally from others so that we don't take on their journey for them. It is their journey, not ours. All we can do is be loving and supportive. And that, you know, as a parent or as a spouse, that can be challenging, can't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about fear. Tell us how you see see fear blocking our ability to come from love. I see fear as the major roadblock to anyone living from their divine spark of love. I believe that fear and love cannot um, reside in the same house, which is our our physical being, and that fear impedes our own ability to love completely. It, It inhibits our ability to send love, to receive love. It keeps us trapped in the ego mind where, of course, there are all of the irrational emotions, the manifestations of different challenges and roadblocks, our thought processes that sometimes run away with us and and are the driving force in a lot of the situations we create for ourselves. Where do you think this fear comes from? I think most of it is created by the human mind. I think my personal belief is that through centuries we have been taught to fear consequence. Um, We are afraid to speak out, to be the unique one to stand in our power and stand in our truth. The fear of judgment is huge. I know science says that public speaking is one of the greatest fears. I don't think public speaking is our greatest fear. It's the fear of being judged while we're up there that is our greatest fear, not being the same, not being liked, the judgments of good or bad, of right or wrong. It can be pretty disabling. Who does this fear serve? No one. (laughs) It seems like we're conditioned into fear to uh, keep us buckled into the system. Do you see it that way? I absolutely do. I see fear as it's a dichotomy um, from a psychological perspective. There are those that fear losing the illusion of the power and control they think they have. And there are those who fear not having control. So they use power and control, manipulation, coercion to their advantage to maintain or to gain that sense of control that they think they have. But control is really, truly an illusion anyway, as, as like time. (laughs) We live in a lot of illusion, don't we? Yes, we do. (laughs) What profound life experiences did you have that have enhanced your understanding of the human condition? Um, After my father's passing in 2006, my metaphysical gifts reawakened. I had shut them down, um, quite abruptly as a teenager after some things that happened. And after my father's passing, I had some amazing gifts experiences with him um, so that we could move through all of the things that happened and and really close out some of that, that uh, energetic karma that we had. And then my first past life regression, I actually went back to source. And it was an absolute amazing experience of that love that I speak of, that oneness and that connectedness. I have never experienced such a deep, profound love in my physical experience. And I I, I can't even explain it in words. And that's where this whole idea of love as our divine source comes from, because I have felt it and it is incredible. Mm. You know, I've, I've experienced myself and also heard a lot of people relay that when you go through a, a near-death experience, you run into that too. Do you have any experience with that? I have not had a near-death as in death accident. I, I escaped in a near-death experience um, at one point, and that's when I first uh, 
came in contact with my guardian angel that um, I saw later that day. And since that time, I've had a very close connection with my guardian angel and we have daily communication. And I believe that it is those experiences such as people's um, near-death experiences that really do put us in touch with that soul self in a way that maybe we perhaps would have never experienced it. And if we can't experience it that way, many of us won't have the opportunity to wake up. We're too driven by that ego mind. You know, it's interesting because to a one, shamanic uh, societies or shamanic traditions use a form of shattering to initiate the 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 would-be shaman. And isn't that what's being broken? Isn't, isn't that what they're achieving is shattering the ego enough that we can access the guidance we need? I am the first to say I know very little about shamanism, but I do believe that it is the breaking through of that ego mind that when we have those experiences, we're not broken per se, but it opens us to a different perspective that at that point in time, we are more willing to accept. So Thea, short of having near-death experiences or deep traumas, how can the average individual start to access their guidance? The simplest form is meditation, sitting in silence and learning to quiet the ego mind and to come from a place of love, drop out of the head and into the heart or the solar plexus space, that seat of our soul. Where's the best place to get training to do this? Oh, boy, there are so many resources. There are free meditations online. David G. is amazing. There are offerings through a lot of spiritual centers and people's local um, locale, their hometowns. There are usually practitioners. If you search online, there are so many different resources. I have, I've used several off of YouTube. Mm. So it's money is not an option most of the time for people. If you can get the resources free online. Right. That's such a nice provision we have. I, we have a lot of complaints about a lot of the stuff that's online and we do have to be careful, but it is nice that we have that provision at this point, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. How does your approach assist people in processing life events and clearing what blocks them from living in love? Um, let's see. Oftentimes, um, I help people develop their own intuitive guidance and that, that ability to discern and to at least entertain the idea of a journey of living from soul. And most oftentimes, once people experience dropping into that soul space, they learn that they truly can control how they think and feel, that they can choose how they show up every day, and that living from a vibration of love and positivity is less physically expensive to them. It's less taxing emotionally, and it just becomes a better way to be in their own space, not just for themselves, but for their friends and their family. And they find that over time, they actually prefer being in that space. And it it tends to be just this natural progression of, hey, it felt really good to shut my head off. How can I get back to that place? Mm. You know, there's a lot of spontaneous uh, remissions um, as a result of this kind of approach, isn't there? Yes, there are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, have you, have you seen very many? Have you seen it work that way? Quite often, there is a, a little bump in the road. And then people tend to get back into that emotional mind. This stuff doesn't work. I can't do this. This isn't helpful. Or they, they experience a pushback energetically or sometimes verbally and emotionally from their family or those closest to them. And that causes that self-doubt. The fear takes over. Mm-hmm. Back and it's to just, fear. <laughs> it's that gentle support. What would love say? When you're in your soul space, how do you feel? How do, you know? It's it's reminding them that it's a process and that it takes time, but that the positive will be a reinforcer, so that when they can experience the hiccup and get right back into it, that's the best reinforcement they could ever have. So it's just self-correct, 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 and gently. It's not about judging. I should have, I would have, I could have. It's, oh, I'm off course. What would love say? Bring myself back to center. It's not about being harsh or judgmental. It's what did I learn from that? Well, my family's not as supportive of my meditation practice as I would like them to be. What do I need to do for me? Ask them to be respectful of my time. To you be, know, I to can't, be there for it, yourself. We're out, of, we're out of time, and I can't thank you enough, Thea, for being on the program. It has absolutely been a joy and a pleasure. Thank you so much. You bet. Our guest this hour has been Dr. Thea Alexander, psychologist, metaphysical practitioner, and the creator of Love Strong. 
Her website, livefromlove.org. This has been the Science of Magic. For in-depth exploration of leading-edge topics, join our email family to get our topic-driven episodes at thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you sing your soul's song. <laughs> 